Welcome back to another Doctor Supercoach podcast. You're on this week with JB, and I'm joined by the highly coveted mathematician Pistol. How are you, mate? I'm doing well, JB, but not as well as you. I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. You're absolutely flying. Um, and in Supercoach as well. So please uh, tell us how you went this week. I mean, I don't like to toot my own horn. Yes, you do. Dominating! Oh, top score! Okay, I do. You're right, you're right. Uh, Up to the top 500, rank 492 at the moment. Did jump a good old uh, 1,000 ranks just this last week, and I've got a good 20 on the park as well for this coming week. A couple of them are Gardner and Answorth, so maybe just the 18, but... Looking good, Pistol. I'm I'm on a bit of a hot streak, but as I've had a look at my team today for my future trades, and I'm sure a lot of super coaches will be able to relate to this. I don't know where my cash generation's coming from to get to full premium at this stage. So I will get there, but it is a slog fest right now to find uh, those extra coins. So how are you finding that? I'm in the same boat where I'm looking at my team and I'm like, all right, well I'm basically done. You know, after this week I'll only have two. Um, well. It depends on what I do, but probably two premiums uh, just to finish off the team. Couldn't quite get to the one left because Sam Walsh needed to get 53 for me to get my trades through. So um, he's double burned me this week, so he's not in my good books. But (laughs) other than that, um, I did manage to score 18.87 this week. Um, I'm into 1.6K and I won nine out of 10 league games, JB. Um, Who did I lose to? Oh, that would have had to have been an elite team. There's no way you would have lost to any slouches. Uh, unfortunately, I did lose to JB in our head-to-head match. Oh, jeez. Elite team, I was which right. Which is uh, very unfortunate. Um, I can't even... <laughs> what did you score? Uh, that's a good question. I scored 1961. There we go. It wasn't even close. I needed, like, Cornelio to score, like, 240 to win. Um, Which he's done before, yeah. <laughs> just about. So. Yeah, half-time, I'm like, ah, I'm a chance. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah, no, you can't rule it out with him. Yeah, didn't work out. Anyway, uh, speaking of the Sam Walsh double burn, do you want to get straight into the Cancer Council uh, weekly donations there, Pistol? I will. I will definitely go through these donations. There is quite a few, as you would expect, for, I guess, the, the buy round of death. Um, so many donuts, mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. Um, but we'll actually start with, well, actually, no, we'll start with um, Will Yunkin. <laughs> he had Hearn on the field, yet brought on a non-playing rookie as a captain, and then took Ooh. more off without making him emergency. This was last week, not not for this week, I should mention, because more didn't yep. play. Yep, yep. And we didn't podcast on Thursday, so it was donated on makes Thursday. Makes sense, makes sense. Um, and then he lost all three cash league games by less than Moore's score. Oh, God. So, oh, no. that, is, uh, that is a donate for dumb things, if I've ever seen one, as well as a donate for, for donuts. So, that's a, a large donation. Yeah, so, we thank boxes, you, Will. And that is just... That's awful. That's really bad. <laughs> that's the luck on that's, him. That's bad. <laughs> Not only did he make a blunder, but every opposition punishes him for it as well. That's That, that is no good. Um, so, that... Yeah. Ouch. Um, the next donator was... Mrs. Pistol, um, she said, Uh-oh. not donating for dumb things or donuts, but wanted to help you reach $5,000, but you're already there, so congrats. So, 
just an absolutely oh, wow. lovely lady um, and has... And, and on cue now we can speak about how we've gotten to $5,000. We have. We have well and truly <laughs> breached the $5,000 mark. After all these donations that we're still going to get through, um, we are up to $5,177. So um, it's been Eepers. a great week. Um, so thank you to everyone that has donated. we absolutely flying for the Cancer Council. Um, so this is, yeah, it's just been... Unbelievable, and all the support is uh, very much appreciated. The next one was a donate for dumb things. Uh, team member Wushka and Team Pistol. He, <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, I'm not. I'm not going to embarrass you, Wushka. It's not going to read out what you did. It wasn't very smart. And uh, he <laughs> is saying his name is Wushka, and he proudly owns this dumb space. <laughs> and that's a. It's like a alcohol anonymous. We just. It's cathartic, kind of, just reading through the uh, dumb things that people have done, basically. Um, so, sorry for your loss, Wishka, but would the Cancer Council appreciate your donation? JB, Luke Cliffo, friend of the podcast, had 17 on field this week, so he did have a donut. Um, even with oh, come on, even with three trades, still the Robbie Young and Lockie Young Young combo um, hurt him pretty badly. I'll be honest, uh, Luke's... In my DMs on Twitter a lot, we, we do chat quite often and um, uh, I give him a, quite a bit of advice, so this might be on me. Yes, I, I think all of the donates for dumb things is on you. I think that's how this works. They're not actually... <laughs> it's not anyone's fault except for you. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Wow, dude, I'm, I'm ranked top 500 and you've got to kick me like that's, that. That's, every time you bring it up, you're going to have to donate. I think that's going to be the new tax. Um, all right, that's fair. <laughs> um, Luke Trawan donating for dumb luck. He said at the beginning of the round, he'd donate if he remained in the top 1K. So thanks to Dunkley and McRae, he has. I feel like this is a humble brag. Um, yeah, that's a but flex. I, if I, I do appreciate, one. and the Council Council appreciates the donation. So congrats for staying in the top 1K, Luke. And then the second donation from Luke the next day because uh, he forgot to donate for donuts. I feel like that's a donate for dumb thing on top of that. So, um, <laughs> the, don- <laughs> the double donation. <laughs> yeah, Luke's not had a best no, week, a, a good week. No, has he? he hasn't. Unfortunately, just the seventeen filtered, fielded, not filtered. Um, thanks again to Kevin Aston Hoey. He is an absolute champion. He says, "I guess you should be flooded with donations for donut this round." I'm donating for two donuts as I only fielded sixteen for round thirteen. Oh no, that is harsh. But I also feel like a lot more people cop donuts and definitely uh, didn't get on board. I think there was a couple of people with like five donuts this week, and they were just they were like, "I, I kind of <laughs> want to avoid the computer this week. Maybe let's not open Supercoach." So they haven't even realized. Hey, I can't blame them for that. If 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 I had a few donuts myself, I don't know if I would have logged onto anything internet based. No. And speaking of donuts, we have crispy lacreme donated for donuts, one dollar <laughs> per point for that. Robbie Young would have scored. So um, thank you for your crispy for your tiny donation. I do appreciate it. Um, Robbie Young, there probably wasn't much difference. Let's be honest. Uh, between yeah, no, he lost twenty points there. That that's more than what you possibly could have gotten. <laughs> and lastly, there is a donation from Pistol. No, I'm talking third person, oh, no. so this is weird. Not for a donut, not for dumb things, uh, but for the Sam Walsh's bet. I've donated a dollar for every number on Sam Walsh's back. You win this time, Chizo, and we'll be back for more. You can try. But you'll never catch me. <laughs> it's left a, a sour taste in my mouth, uh, that's for certain. So the double burn of Sam Walsh has got you this week, Pistol. That's sad. Look, 
he needed to get his worst score ever against a team he tunned up against last time. <laughs> and it happened. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and he was dominating as well. He had so many touches, just did not dispose oh, of the ball. Oh, God. That was... <clears throat> it's upsetting. Uh, prayers go out to you, but... Thanks for all the Twitter love as well, guys. I really appreciated the 17 people (laughs) messaging me asking how I was feeling. Um, Maybe not in that way. It was probably more making fun of me, but I appreciate you checking up on me nonetheless. Oh boy! So it's it's been a dirty week for you, but at least you've uh, you've rocketed into the top two K. So you know some things are coming up. There is, there is. uh, Anyway, would you like to take us through some actual, actually maybe (laughs) a bit more housekeeping? Yeah, one more lot of housekeeping from myself. Uh, that is the Patreon shout-out for the week. Uh, Nick gets this one all to himself, and I must say the Nicks are coming in thick and fast. This is the second Nick uh, with no surname attached, so I think they're sparing me the trouble of attempting to pronounce it or maybe the embarrassment of when I get it awfully wrong every single week. So I do appreciate it, Nick, uh, and he's straight into the slack. So this was... Uh, about six days ago, he jumped on. So uh, good good to see him up and about early as well, Pistol. And don't forget, the Dr. Supercoach cut, the sign-up cutoff is this week. If you sign up after this week, there is... It's pretty unlikely that you'll make it into the Dr. Supercoach cut as we already have the fixture brackets and draw all out. So make sure you sign up this week uh, in the nick of time, JB. Yeah, and a couple of people asking how they do so. So... Uh, it is obviously via the Patreon uh, website that we're running this year. Um, the second tier, the $3 per month, is the one that gets you into the cup. Anything higher, obviously, does so as and well. Um, and and sorry. Slack. Yeah, that's the second yes, tier. Yes, gets you into the cup and Slack. And I'm just... Oh, yeah, obviously, with all the other benefits as well. It's not just this single singular thing. Um, so, yeah, now check, check it out if you're interested. Uh, there will be, obviously, some big prizes on offer as well. So... Looking forward to that one, Pistol. And I heard, uh, I seen someone say earlier in the Slack, should they officially ruin their season and trade in Buddy? No, your season's not over. We've still got the cup to go. This is this is huge. This is why we're doing it, to give everyone a second chance at a bit of glory for the well, year. Maybe Buddy's going to lead you to cup glory. He knows how to win. Could do. Could do. And that is what we will be discussing in this podcast. Probably so not Buddy. It won't be the normal... <laughs> pro- yeah, probably not much of Buddy, but... Um, it won't be the normal game-by-game recap. We're going to go through some of the things that are probably plaguing our teams for the week. Obviously, a lot of teams that played last week have this week's buy, so it's a little bit irrelevant right now to, to discuss a lot of those guys. So we'll start off, Pistol. With... <laughs> Ten minutes into the podcast, we'll start off with the first <laughs> Supercoach-related thing. Thank you to well, anyone who's still well, here. Ni- <laughs> nice people kept on donating, so it took up a lot of our time. <laughs> oh, God. But, yes, as, as you said, 10 minutes into the podcast... Um, it's upgrade season, so there's only a couple more weeks left of upgrades if you've planned properly or, um, I don't know, got gotten lucky or whatever it is that you've done to get to this point in the season where we've only got a few more upgrades left in our team. So now we're looking at players coming off of the second buy and even if you missed a couple of players coming off of the first buy. I want to know for starters, Pistol, where you're looking for in defense if you're making upgrades this week. If I'm making upgrades this week, okay. Thank you for asking. Um, the person that I'd probably be looking at outside of, uh, I guess, the big guns, if you don't have like Jake Lloyd, 
definitely get Jake Lloyd because he's a monster. Um, I really like Tom Stewart. He has gone under the radar that 101 average for this year, only 496k, and Geelong's run is just ridiculously good. They only play two top eight teams for the rest of the season from the current standing, so they have a very, very kind draw. His floor is just ridiculously solid. He's only had that one score below 88 for the whole season. All the other scores are above it, and that's probably a combination with you know his increase in possessions, his attacking more this season, and not just that, those kickouts just increase all the players' flow. If you think of all of the kickout takers, or the ones that take the lion's share, you think of Hearn, you think of Tom Stewart, think of Caleb Daniel, all these players, their floor is what stands out. It's just so rock solid that they can't really be bad picks, and they're not likely to burn you. So um, for me, at 496k, he's not even that much of a PAD as you think he would be. He's still in 11% of teams, um, but he's definitely going to end up as one of the top defenders for this season, JB. All right, so when I hear words like high ceiling, uh, sorry, high floor, bit of a POD selection coming off his buy, I look to Daniel Rich Pistol. So uh, he's only had two scores below 89 for the season. That was a 78 and a 76. Besides that, uh, he's, yeah, obviously gone that way and above. 127 is his season high, so he's shown a decent ceiling for the year. I like Daniel Rich. He's 20k cheaper than Stewart. He's in less teams than Stewart. He's uh, only in the 8%, I think it is, himself. Um, yep, 8%. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, I know you said Geelong have a really good run, and that, that is obviously a huge reason to consider someone like that. But as a defender, maybe they don't just need the best run. Maybe they need a bit of a mixture of you know the middle tiers clubs. And if you look at Brisbane's run, they've got a lot of that as well. I think their hardest game really between now and the end of the year, they've got GWS in round 16 and then Geelong in round 22. Besides that, it's a lot of North Melbournes, Hawthorns, Bulldogs, Gold Coasts, Port Adelaide's, Melbournes, those types of teams. So um, I actually have a lot of faith in Daniel Rich for some reason, Pistol. Well, again, just with the kickouts, he's on them as well. So he was an example that I missed. And as you said, his floor is really high, and that's to do with the kickouts. So all of those players are just really solid super coach picks. But I personally still think if I'm picking one, I'm picking the person from the better team um, in Tom Stewart. But JB, another player that we need to talk about just because they're averaging ridiculous numbers, a five-round average of 111 three-round average of 129, season average of just 95, but still up there. Dane Rampey, I know he's got his, well, <laughs> coming off his bye. It's Dane Rampey. Uh, it's it's like it doesn't kind of compute, but his scores lately have just been absolutely insane. He's coming off back-to-back scores of 148 and 135. Is this a trend that you can see staying similar going forward? Uh, no, but <laughs> I, I, I hate to be blunt just straight from the start. He only had one ton uh, leading into round 10. That was 103 against Carlton in round three. Then obviously three tons in a row now. Um, so that's why that three round average is obviously astronomical. Break even all the way down at 18. So um, he's going to make more money. He's at 500k. So if you were going to take the punt, it would be this week. But I, I just, I can't see it. I, I mean, I don't even know why he's scoring this well all of a sudden. It, do, it doesn't make much sense. I mean, maybe maybe he, yeah, I don't know, he climbed the post and sort of learnt something up there <laughs> about scoring well in Supercoach. I, I honestly couldn't tell you because it's just it's come out of nowhere. And 
traditionally he's been okay for an average of you know 80 85 but these 100 plus scores are just I mean you have to say against Geelong West Coast they're they're a bit of a flash in the pan oh I mean I'll agree with you they are ridiculously high especially for a defender and I I still strongly believe uh yeah the, the better picks at the cheaper prices are both uh Tom Stewart and Daniel Rich JB so the man that a lot of people are speaking about now, everyone pretty much, uh, everyone that's going for the uber, uber premium side uh, to finish the year is going to have him in their sights for this week, but he's got a break even of 160 pistol. I speak of Shannon Hearn. I don't know if, of many players in the league that could even have a 1% chance of re- re- uh, reaching this break even, but Supercoach have given him a 4% chance of reaching it, which is a bit insane. <laughs> says a bit about himself uh, just, just there, but... Shannon Hearn, he's priced 599k. I want to ask you, what, would you wait for the inevitable 15 to 20k price drop, or are those points on the field this week important enough to sort of jump early if you've got the cash? I did say at the start of the podcast, a lot of people are struggling like myself to find that extra bit of cash to sort of just throw away like this. Who has that cash remaining? I'd love to see your team if you've just got an extra 30k where you're like, yeah. I'll just get Shannon Hearn this week, and who cares about the price drop? I mean, obviously, he's scoring unbelievably well. He's probably going to score like 110, 120, so you may as well get him if you can. Um, but I would be waiting if I had the chance just to gain that extra 20K. Um, I guess it depends where you're ranked. So obviously, if you've got the cash and you're ranked in you know the top couple of hundred and you want to get the points on the field, then definitely go for it, but... Yeah, for us mere mortals, I think uh, maybe next week is the the week probably to target him. Yep, and I'll just quickly revisit uh, two players that came off the buy after the first uh, buy round, Luke Ryan and James Sicily. So um, obviously these players were being hotly discussed last week as to who we should get in our sides. Both of them showed good signs with Sicily being the highest ranked Hawk when he went back into defense last week. <laughs> Obviously started the first two and a half quarters in full, uh, in the forward line. Was actually the, the highest, uh, sorry, the deepest forward at most times as well. So just something that doesn't suit him as much. I think everyone that was watching the game could tell that he wasn't comfortable with that, uh, up there. But as soon as he went down back, he had a 40-point quarter uh, in pretty much the half of a quarter that he had down there. So um, that's obviously where he belongs. On the other hand, we've got Luke Ryan, who put up a 45-ish points in the first quarter, uh, ended up with 85 or 80-ish at three-quarter time, and then finished on 88. So he obviously showed amazing signs as well. They both finished within a point of each other. Who would you go for now? I mean, like they, they haven't really told us much in this first game back, but if you're still looking at getting one of the two... Um, and you're giving it maybe a week. Do you trust that Sicily had his only spur up forward for the year? Uh, I was. I felt sick. I just traded in Sicily. I turn up to the footy after work, and Sicily is just in the forward line. I'm like, what have I done? Um, <laughs> yeah, freaked out. But fortunately, uh, it probably took stubborn Clarko two and a half quarters to realize that that was probably a mistake, and he went back and he absolutely blitzed it. I would. I feel uncomfortable thinking that he might still get another chance to play in the forward line because he just doesn't score well up there. But I mean, if you if you give me Ryan and you give me Sicily, and say, okay, well they're playing back, pick one. I'm I'm going to take Sicily every day. But the problem is I can't guarantee that Sicily is going to going to be playing there. So that makes our life a lot more difficult. I probably 
I'd still want to say Sicily. That's that's the tough thing, JB. Um, I do think he's a much better pick than Ryan, but this this really scared me. Um, and I guess if you want to play a safety game and not you know take any gambles and yeah just go for it, I'd say maybe Ryan is probably a safer pick and Sicily's more of the risk reward pick. You know, I'm still going to go with Sicily. I I think he had his Clarko had his fun. He tried him up forward. Someone, if he wants to do that again, obviously Mitch Lewis is returning through the VFL. He had a decent game, uh, and Roughhead is a chance to come in to stretch that. Sydney, nah, he's um, gone. I think I think I think Clarko said something like, "The only way Roughhead's going to play again is if we definitely can't make finals and we'll give him a f- farewell game. Otherwise, he's just not coming back." Something like that. Oh, well, I haven't seen that quote, but I, th- I mean, I would, I'd be surprised. Like, if there was ever a game to bring him in for, it'd be this one uh, where they want to stretch that defense out. They've, I mean, Sydney pretty much got Rampy and Alia, but that's that's essentially it as far as tall defenders go, and they're not even really tall defenders. They're sort of medium tier defenders. So, um, look, no matter what, I, I assume he brings a forward in this week, and I don't think we'll be seeing Sicily up forward again. I pretty confident having him in my team and having seen that he snuck up to an 87 after playing most of the game forward I think he's actually a bit of a win for us Sicily owners uh, Roughhead by the way 10, 10 touches and 0 goals 1 in the VFL so not exactly a, oh he's in uh, form not there exactly going up on fire how did Mitch Lewis play uh, Mitch Lewis I'm glad you asked because uh, he scored 2 goals 2 from, from there you go so one of them will come in and, <laughs> and it won't be they... Roughhead <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> why are you so mean to me? No, that's, look, it's it started with uh, the the rank. Now I'm jealous, so we'll uh, yeah, we'll see no, how this you're goes. Taking it out on I'm me. definitely okay. going to be doing that for the rest of the podcast. Fair enough, fair enough. So I think that pretty much wraps up the defense defensive side of things. Uh, unless you've got any more gems that you want to point uh, out, not anymore. No, they're gone. Ah, thank you. Uh, so we'll move into the midfield now, and I think this is where the hottest discussions are being had this week. So last week, we obviously had Sicily versus Ryan. This week, I think it's a little bit of Oliver versus Bontempelli, uh, and then a few people are throwing in the fact that they might just skip the midfield upgrade this week and then go for someone like Sloan in a week's time. Uh, this is obviously ignoring the fact that Neil is the most obvious upgrade in Supercoach history this week. Is it? Okay. Is he not? You want to give you a reason why I wouldn't be trading in Lockie Neal for 578k this No, week? I would be. But what happens if you have Neal? Okay, so that's that's where the whole discussion comes into the <laughs> the other players versus the other players. I, I didn't think I needed to be that specific with no, you, Pistol. Just... I thought a little bit of reading between the lines would have done you good there. What about McRae, but... 572k? Uh, he... Uh, okay, so... <laughs> All right. I... I feel like McRae being in 32% of teams is a little bit more obvious than the whole M8 debate of Bontempelli versus, you know... Uh, oh, where were we maybe talking about Neil? The second player was. <laughs> where, where did this come from? What do you, no, I started by saying that Bontempelli versus um, Oliver was a hot debate this week. Yeah, oh, okay. Be, because Neil is such an obvious trading option. Fair enough. Okay. If you don't have yeah, him. No, he's in 42% of teams. That's a lot of teams. Yes. So those those who do have him already... Where are we going with decided this? between Bontepelli and Oliver. Why, why, so who why do you want, Bontepelli or Oliver? Just, why are those the two options? Like, Why are we not talking about Luke Parker? Why are we not talking about 
Elliot Yo. Well, we Zach can. This is, this is the discussion that I'm starting. <laughs> it's a weird way to start the discussion by giving me a choice between two players. Um, okay. Oliver. I'll, I'll start it this way. I think Bontempelli and Oliver are the best trading options this week for M8. Ah, so that's why... And would you like to offer rebuttals? So that's why you phrased the question in that way. I gotcha. Makes sense. Um, for starters, I do really like Oliver. I retire from podcasting. <laughs> Oliver's 539k, which is ridiculously cheap. And if you look at his scores, besides the Deboer tag, which was in round 10, he has put together um, pretty much a great seven scores in a row, all the way back from round five. He's gone 108, 105, 96, 175, 115, Deboer tag 53, 122, 114. Um, I feel like that floor, he's not going to get tagged again um, by Deboer, so I'm not really too stressed about that. But the floor is really high. The ceiling is high. Um, it's just Oliver time. He's 83k cheaper than his starting price. We've seen his consistency throughout um, previous years. So, yeah, it's it's just Oliver time. Um, Bontepelli is a great choice too. He, we talked about him a lot last <laughs> week. I said two really funny there. <laughs> two. <laughs> Which now begs the question, if you only had one midfield upgrade remaining... And you don't have Bontepelli or Oliver, who are you choosing? I'm probably taking Oliver, but I would okay. be strongly considering Luke Parker above both of them, but he's so much more expensive at 620k. He Alright, I'm interested to know about Luke Parker because um it was pointed out to me on Slack by a very wise Slack member that he averages about a hundred with JPK in the side and he's gone absolutely bananas without him. JPK is expected back in Approximately two to four weeks, so that, that's getting around the finals time. Would we expect him to revert back to the hundred average, or are we sort of backing him in now to to stick up around the hundred and ten plus range? Well, maybe, but I mean, the half a game he played with JPK, he still dominated, and also Parker's a confidence player. Like when he's up and running, he's flying, he's taking marks, he's doing everything. He's kind of like that Rory Sloan, where they just accumulate points by literally just doing that everything. Are very similar. That's a good comparison. So. I feel like Luke Parker is a pretty safe bet. He's a very unique bet. Um, he's only in 2% of teams, and he has the ceiling as well. He pretty much has everything that you want, that you could just absolutely explode for finals. The only problem, he's so expensive in a year where the rookies haven't been great, so our cash generation isn't great. Um, it makes life a little bit difficult. So if you can't get him, I think there's other alternative options that are also really good. You've got Elliot Yo, who's got... Five round average of 117, a three round average of 113. He did miss um, a week with a calf injury. Um, I expect him to be back this week, so I guess we'll see about that. Gaff, I feel like, is on a slightly lower tier than those guys. I know he's got a five round average of 110 and a three round of 111. He's only gone above 110 twice this season, so the ceiling for me for Gaff isn't quite there. I think he just peppers, you know, that 105 mark every week, so. He won't let you down, but he's not going to win you games this season, JB. Um, Zach Merritt, another one that we've talked about so many times. I think um, I was going to ask about him. With his impending matchups with West Coast, who uh, was spoken about the lack of Hutchings Hag lately anyway, but uh, following that is GWS, um, and we saw what DeBoer does to literally anyone he comes up against. Um, is he still a hot commodity for you? It's so hard because... He's going to score 50 against DeBoer, like, unless DeBoer goes to Shield, which it's a bit hard to predict this far out. But if Zach Merritt comes out next week, 
you know, gets 35 touches and oh, best on ground. I'd be stunned if he went to Shield. <laughs> Shield just, it just doesn't have that cleanness that Merritt has. I don't think he has the same effect, but that's I just No, I'm, I'm thinking if, if Shield had a string of really good games before this and wasn't injured mm. and Merritt was, you know, like average, I think they'd probably just take the form player. But Zeret, there's no way he won't be the form player by the time DeBoer tag comes. So... I think uh, he's going to cop it, which kind of makes me feel very uncomfortable selecting him, knowing that I'm pretty much going to get a 50 out of him in two weeks' time. Um, so that probably almost rules him out for me, um, which is a bit unfortunate. And then you've got Mitch Duncan as well, who is in 2% of the teams, also really under the radar. He's got the same draw that Tom Stewart has. It is a ridiculously good draw, only two top eight how did, teams. How did he get the same draw as Tom Stewart? Same, same team, JB. Uh, Thanks, Captain. You're, you're welcome. And uh, two teams <laughs> in the top eight that to play for the rest of the season. Um, he's been a bit of a flat track bully in the past, but he scored really well this season against the weaker sides. Um, you can see he's got a 124 against North Melbourne, 144 against Bulldogs, 123 against Gold Coast, and he plays a lot of those sides in the run home. So feel like he is also a sneaky pick that could go, you know, 110, 115 plus on the way home. But he is 587k, so he is a little bit more pricey, JV. Yep. So my next question to you, uh, for those who are considering, uh, say, say for example, you're like a lot of people, you've got a couple more, or say one forward, one defensive, and one midfield upgrade to do. Um, you're going to do one this week regardless. Um, would you... Hold off on your Bonson Pellies, your Luke Parkers, your uh, Clayton Olivers. If you've maybe missed someone like Rory Sloan, um, and just just sort of weigh it up all next week, is Sloan worth waiting for? He seems to be uh, absolutely dominating, and he's the one person who's actually done okay with a big tag on him this year. <laughs> it sounds funny. When, Surprisingly, yes. Sounds funny when you say Ironic, it like that. Isn't it? Sloan has put together an incredible year. I think the thing I like most about Sloan is that. He's 511k, and price is so important this year, but he can still match it with the big boys. I mean, this guy, besides his 35 against Melbourne where he got injured, he's had Mm -hmm. only two scores below the ton, and he's had some really big scores. He's had a 155, a 138, 124, 140, and a 125 last week. And their fixture opens up after the next two weeks as well, just for that little little run of games that we've mentioned in a couple of other podcasts as well, where they've got Gold Coast, Essendon, Carlton, St Kilda all in a row. Um, if you if you miss somebody that you need to finish off your forward line, you missed a, a Dunkley, you missed a Boak, something like that, I'd prioritize getting them this week and then getting Sloan um, next week. Would I wait one week for Sloan or get Clayton Oliver? It's a great question, JB. I think I would lean towards getting Clayton Oliver, though. Is that a big call? Yep. No, I don't think it is. Um, if I had the choice as well, I'd get Clayton two over Sloan. Yeah, it's it's sort of it's hard to even justify, isn't it? But it's just that that gut feel. With Clayton Oliver's more recently in our memory's gone one twenty ish and. You know, Sloan can do that, but yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, you sort of just take that extra score this week and run to the bank, I guess. Yeah, I think the extra score this week and, you know, knocking off maybe a Ryan Gardner from your field or something like that is pretty valuable. You probably could gain 100 points, and um, I do think Oliver's back in form. If I'm picking between all of the players that I have previously mentioned um, to finish off my team, so not including the super primos like um, Josh Kelly and Fife and those type of players. Um, 
I, I probably would still lean towards Luke Parker, but he is way more expensive. So outside of Luke Parker, I'd then lean towards Oliver. Um, I've got a lot of faith in him, and he's he won't hurt you. He's that high floor as well as wonderful. He can pretty much do everything, and if Melbourne are going to try and f- have any sort of fight back, it's going to be through Oliver. And just in the last couple of weeks, he's been looking really, really solid. So um, that's probably my pick, JB. Um, I did want to ask you, though, there's a couple of really cheap players Really cheap. I'm talking Angus Brayshaw cheap. 423k. We know in the last couple of weeks, yes, he's played more midfield. He's put out two good scores in a row. Not a massive sample size, but still two good scores. I've got some other players that are really cheap as well. Seb Ross is 455k. And we've also got Steel Sidebottom at 467k um, without Dane Beams in the side. Do you think any of these players... I should throw Joel Selwood into the mix as well, 453k, because of uh, that draw, JB. Do you know how he got that draw? <laughs> I don't know what to respond to you now. <laughs> You've mentioned it three times with three different Geelong players. Um, I'll, I'll just keep doing it. We'll, we'll see what happens. Sure, 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 sure. Any of the, are any of those cheap players worth it if you're really short on cash? Uh, I mean, the simple answer is I don't think they are. I don't think it's worth sort of going down a potential 10, 15 points per game on one of these risky picks. But if I was going to do it, I think, oh, geez, it's so difficult to say, but Brayshaw would be the way I would go. Um, There there was such an obvious reason for his poor scoring in the early rounds, which was um, obviously being the fact that he was out on a wing and not in that forward, uh, sorry, forward, uh, not not in the middle where it should, should have been getting those centre bounce attendances. Um, in the last couple of weeks, he's those have ramped up for him. Uh, he's been top three in the team. I think both of the weeks just gone for centre bounce attendances uh, with a big score of 115 plus uh, in the most recent game. So that is the way I would lean if I was going to be choosing any of these players. Um, side bottom, I know you mentioned Beams is out, but I feel like Sai is a better scorer than Beams this year anyway. So. Um, I don't think that'll have a huge effect on him. I th- he'll probably just keep ticking along with the occasional ton and occasional 80, but that's that's okay. And then the other player you mentioned as well, Seb Ross, I just couldn't kick as far as... I, I couldn't trust as far as I could kick him. So I'd go with Angus Brayshaw. If or if I was considering any of these options, which I personally, personally am not, I'd go with Angus Brayshaw. It's tough. So <laughs> would you go for Angus Brayshaw or would you wait a week and pay 60k more, which isn't... Breaking the bank uh, for a Matt Crouch. Oh, a hundred percent, Matt Crouch, a hundred percent. And like you mentioned, Sloan's not even that much more. He's only nine or eighty-five k more as well. So I'd be finding the money no matter what. I'd be spending an extra trade. I'd get in Matt Crouch or Rory Sloan and just avoid this altogether because it's got heartbreak written all over it. So. Um, personally, I think Matt Crouch uh, is a massively underrated option going into the second half of the season. He's four, what, 484K or something along that, those lines. And um, as we've said with Crows' draw, he has the same draw as Rory Sloan Pistol. Um, they they could just go crazy against a few teams, and his second half of the seasons have historically been good. So um, I'd feel good about Matt Crouch. Well, then I've got one more question I'm going to throw at you. I actually asked oh. you this last week, and you probably forgot. I asked week you... Week before, maybe? What? I was on the podcast last no, week. No, I meant I just asked you. Oh, yeah, DM'd. DM'd you. Okay, I said, Sorry. 
if you have filled your forward line and you completed it without getting Josh Dunkley and you had okay. one more mid slot left, would you consider getting Josh Dunkley as your M8? I know what you said then. Has your uh, opinion changed? Uh, so easy to change your opinion when you see a big 170 plus, <laughs> isn't it? No, my opinion hasn't changed. I'd still be focusing on getting him in the, the forward line if I could. Um, even if it meant... I mean, if you've got six forwards, surely one of them's underperforming. That There's only seven... like Literally, there's seven really good forwards this year. And unless you've got all seven of those... Sorry, all six of the, the best seven and you're missing Dunkley somehow, then you can surely find a way to get him in for someone. Uh, I don't know about that, JB. I, I'm just seeing Josh Dunkley probably going to, at this rate, continually average above 120 for the rest oh, of the yeah, season. Oh, yeah, he's, he's going to, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would, actually. <laughs> I'll change my opinion. I guess I would do it. It's it's insane, but uh, what's he priced? He's, what, 560 now, Josh Dunkley? 596, so he rocketed up. Oh, jeez, he's so expensive, though. He's good. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you're paying that much, are you taking him over Luke Parker? Yes, I, I guess think you I, are. Uh, <laughs> I reckon probably. He's that good. Oh, it's insane. He he's very good. Look, dude, if I could get him in a keeper league, I would. <laughs> Look, if he could be your M eight, and we're not saying this is obviously you want him in your forward line. We're just saying you've completed yeah, your forward ideally. line, yeah, yeah, and you haven't got him. If you can get him M eight, got Ron Marshall at F six, for example. Yeah, you've got Ron Marshall, Caleb Daniel, Zebel. Tim Kelly, Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, someone else. Anyway, they're cool. all fine. And Burke, there we go. I finished it. And your worst player is Ron Marshall. So you, you've done well. You've missed out on Dunkley, so you haven't done that well. But <laughs> you said, would you pick him over Luke Parker? But it kind of, it's funny because in this circumstance, that DPP is like extra handy because you have that extra cover. Just something to think about. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess I would do it. I, I would do everything I could to not put myself in that situation because <laughs> that would be impossibly hard to decide. Well, speaking about forwards then, I think uh, there's quite a bit of debate about who actually is going to finish in the top six forwards. There's, Ooh, are we giving our top six prediction? How, there's so many good players in that top six. So I don't care really about what's happened to this point. I want to know from this point onwards, JB, who okay. is finishing... Fifth, sixth, and seventh as forward options this year. Oh, fifth, dude. See, that's how I feel like I should just give a top seven. Uh, nah. Fifth, sixth, and seventh. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to hear the Boke Dangerfield, Tim Kelly, and I actually don't know okay. who the next one is. But may, okay, maybe do okay, fourth, okay. fifth, sixth, and probably, seventh. Probably Dunkley, mate. I'd say would uh, be. Yeah, in I forgot Dunkley. Well. No, he's in my midfield. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so say they're the top four. You, you just named them pretty well there. Yep. Um, all right, so do I have to name in order five, six, and seven? Yes. All right. Oh, boy. I'm going to say number five is... Can we count down? Can we do like... No, no, it's fine, actually. Do it your way. Yep. Should I... What, do you want me to start with yeah, seven? Yeah, I, I thought that, but then it would be too obvious who number five is. So, yeah, five, six, sevens are more... It's better. More suspense. Let's Let's do that. Okay, okay, so five, I'm going with Caleb Daniel. Um, high floor, high ceiling as well. He's put up a couple of 120s now. 
Um, yeah. I think with their run home in Etihad Stadium, that he, it, I'd be surprised if he went anywhere below, f- you know, fifth, sixth. That, that he's going to be. I asked, yeah, I asked for two. fifth, JB. Not, not, not yeah, sixth, so seventh. Okay, okay, he's fifth. He's okay. fifth. He's fifth. He's yes. fifth. Let's, let's lock okay, that in. Okay, locked it in. Sixth. Ah, oh, this is this is so <laughs> difficult because I'm looking looking at two players. Um, I'm going to go with Royal Marshall. Okay. I think he's shown now that his rut craft is good enough to continually put up his 100-plus scores that he's been doing thus far, and that surely gets him into number six. Number seven, I'm sure you want me to say Zebul, but I'm also ignoring him and David Mundy. I'm going with Michael Walters on seven. Wow. Okay. I know he's had a good few weeks. He's he's won them some games. He's dominated. But he, you want to talk about players that are confidence players, he probably epitomizes confidence player. And his his last three weeks have been that good, uh, 110, 127, 158 now. Um, he's got that high ceiling. I think he could just go high enough in enough games that he could just sneak into that seven spot. And I'll shun Mundy, who has been forward more often than not lately. And I'll shun um, the other guy that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah, I've now forgotten. Caleb Daniel, Ron Marshall, whatever. It's fine. They're all shunned. No, Zebul. Zebul was the other one I was shunning. Oh, I thought you were shunning Darcy Parrish. Well, Par- yeah, Parrish is probably 10th. Look, honestly, I'd put Tom Hawkins above Parrish as well. Well, I know I know this this whole lead-up was a big big Parrish spiel, but I think you're overlooking a lot of players who are pretty good. So my number five, I think, uh, would actually be someone that you just mentioned, Tom Hawkins, JB. That's probably taking you by surprise. There you go. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not surprised Do you know that. why? Their run's good. Oh, does, <laughs> Geelong, he, does he have the same Geelong run as Stewart the, and the others? Tom Hawkins has the same run as Tom Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly! He, that this AFL fixture just keeps on getting <laughs> more and more surprising. He, he actually has a great run of fixtures um, as a, a goal kicking forward, um, and I think people would be surprised. Last year he went 101 average. This year he's going 98, and he has a great run coming up. His ceiling is actually not that high, but he's got such a high floor for a key forward. <laughs> no, I mean, he hasn't kicked massive bags this season. I know, but it sounded like you are building up to a, a big big compliment there and you sort of just shunned him. Look. Can I give a bit of a counter-argument to that? Well, you know, this is coming from someone who said he, Caleb Daniel's ceiling is high at 120. I feel like Hawkins can at least reach 120. So we're not, let's not talk about ceilings of our Can forwards. I just give a little bit of a counter-argument to, to you picking Hawkins due to their run? Sure. Okay, so Jeremy Cameron is my counter-argument. 96 against Melbourne, 109 against Gold Coast, which is great, 70 against Adelaide, 54 against North Melbourne. Yeah, but what about the run before that where they actually had good fixtures? What do you mean? He only he only turned up five times in their opening nine games. Including scores of 68, 29, 85, 92. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. But also, are we going to compare Jeremy Cameron, who's had no scoring history? I'm just saying a a good run for a goal-kicking forward doesn't exactly mean anything. I think Jeremy Cameron owners are probably sitting there. um, They see the the next run of games still okay. I mean, it's Essen and Brisbane, Richmond, Collingwood, maybe... They got sold a little bit on this good run thing and are regretting it at a touch. Uh, look, it's a fair point, but 
Jeremy Cameron wasn't a top five forward last year, and Tom Hawkins was. So I don't. Hawkins I don't. is just repeating his season from last year, where he didn't let anyone down. He scored well when people <laughs> needed him, and he's going to do it again for the rest of the season. And he's in three percent of teams. So massive POD. Um, Tom Hawkins, I think, pips Caleb Daniel for the uh, fifth spot. I'll go Caleb Daniel sure. number six. Um, just okay. despite his. High high ceiling, as some would say. Not I, though. And, and small body. <laughs> and small body. I don't think that's got anything to do with it. Um, you don't get super coach points <laughs> for that. But uh, number six is quite difficult. Um, Darcy Parrish, 125 three-round average. Absolutely killing it in the midfield. Will oh, it continue? Boy. Probably not. So he won't go <laughs> into my uh, sixth place. But I do think that... Oh, come on. As a... In a Two percent of teams at the moment. You could do worse than just having a bit of fun and throwing in parish at your. I mean, a, a lot of people, a lot of people knocked it because of the obviously the impending return of Dylan Shield and uh, pretty much all of their good players that have an S in their name. But he still scored 110 this week with Dylan Shield back in the side, so it's good signs. It is good signs. I mean, he's he's a bit of fun pick, but again, you could say the same thing about Michael Walters, as you said, good fixture, he's confidence player. If he's up and about. He's, he can score unbelievably well. So um, there's that that you need to consider as well. And Jay-Z, as much as people had made fun of him, including myself earlier on... <laughs> Jay-Z, he's bad. He he, pl- like he played in the midfield the whole of the game. He looked really solid. I mean, he was a bit of an angry man, giving away a couple of frees um, really early on. What did on. he score in the midfield this week, out of curiosity? He scored 80, a bit, big 8-0. Big but he, they played almost the best midfield in the in the AFL against GWS. I mean, he's... And Walters played one of the best midfields in the AFL and he scored 158 this week. Let's not go that far without Rockliffe and, and Wines. Um, <laughs> next week, though, uh, Jay-Z does play the best midfield in the AFL against Collingwood, so that might mm-hmm. be a bit of a tough game. But um, I do think that playing in the midfield, he looks like a really good option as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was a number five as well. Um, JV. So, really, what we're trying to say is we have no clue. Everyone's guessing, and just do what you want. <laughs> well, <laughs> did, did that, that summarize it? <laughs> you, you don't, besides Caleb Daniel, we don't know. Yeah, pretty much. I feel like everyone has flaws. Um, everyone has, I guess, reasons to pick them. Um, and everyone in Geelong has a good run. <laughs> everyone. Speaking of Geelong and a this. good run, uh, Sam Menegola, JB, 419K. <laughs> Is he still in the league? I mean, he'll, he'll come back eventually, but he, have you seen his run? I've heard it's good, <laughs> but only due Stewart. to his teammates' runs. Oh, <laughs> what? Um, no, just just forget, forget about him. But really, I don't think you can go too wrong with any of these uh, forward players. I still would prioritize Boak. Um, over any of them yeah. um, that were mentioned. I'm assuming now you've got to get Dunkley if you don't have him. Um, we, gave, we gave our top four. Yeah. Um, it's obviously the, the two Geelong boys, Dunkley and Boak. They're four absolute standouts. And if we get four options, even nearly that good next season in our forward line, then we'll be blessed. Yeah, I don't think we will. Almost. No, we no, definitely no won't. No chance, almost. But, I mean, we're losing, pretty much losing all of them just by looking at it. Now they are. You think Dangerfield, yeah, I mean, Kelly, Danger's Dunkley, the best chance to to get back in there, and he's always no chance. Yeah, Tim Kelly's definitely gone. Dunkley's gone. Yep. Boke's gone. Yep. Daniel's yep. going to be a defender. Marshall's going to be a ruckman. Yep. 
This is getting sadder and yep. sadder by the minute. I, I didn't even want Zeebel. Who actually are we going to have up forward? We're pretty much just going to have Jack Zeebel. Tom Hawkins. Are we all going to start Jack Zeebel next season? No, if he plays as a centre for the rest of the year, he'll get midfield status probably. So Yeah, but he... Ooh, gonna be, you're gonna, I'm going to pick Tom well. Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron. Elite combination. <laughs> Maybe Jack Darling. He'll be cheap. God. You know what? I'll be, I'll be picking Michael Walters. <laughs> You'll be picking Robbie Gray. That's what happens. Yes, Robbie. No, he's been in the midfield as well. It's true. Dugowie? Yeah, I guess so. Depends on what, what, oh, what boy. his dog's up to. <laughs> All right, let's stop getting depressed about next season. <laughs> I'm um, depressed about this season. Let's. I want to talk about Rucks now, That pistol. is depressing. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> oh gosh a lot of people have just your normal stock standard Grundy Gorn combo with a loophole at R3 but some people are a bit more privileged than that pistol they kept Rob and uh, fell into a 181 last week the one week that they needed him to score well and he definitely did so now he has the buy, a negative break even, a lot of money made. We needed to upgrade to pistol. And as I said at the opening intro for the podcast, no one has any money at this stage. What are you recommending to do with Rob? Because there are a hundred scenarios I can think of, even ones that include if you have Rob and God- Todd Goldstein, for example, just skipping Gorn and going Goldstein down and playing Rob for the rest of the year. Just, just someone tell me what to do. All right. Get Gorn. And get Grundy. Okay. I think uh, yep. Gorn has a three-round average of 153, a five-round of 142. You can't afford to not have Gorn. But, just counter-argument, just real quick, Rob has a one-round average of 181. <laughs> Damn, using maths against me, JB. Oh, that sample size. Um, look... I'll, I'll throw things out to you. One, I wouldn't be using Rob for the whole season. I mean, I, I would... Be using him instead of Goldstein, that's for sure, especially in the short term while Rob can make you a lot of money. But the problem is people have gone Grundy and Rob, and he's got a break-in of negative 20 JB, but he doesn't play this week. So you want that extra number on the field, but you don't want to trade him because he's making more money. Cash is hard to come by. What do you do? I wouldn't ever recommend trading someone with a negative break-even. I just think even if it puts your upgrades back a week, that there's an extra 40k that you could just pocket right there and then, and that that could be everything come the end of the season. Ever, so under no circumstance. What do you mean? So let's say you're going to cop a donut unless you trade Rob out this week. Would you rather cop a donut mm, or trade Rob? I'd love to know what your other two trades are if you're copping a donut still, but to, uh, to avoid a donut, I'd, oh, is 30k... Worth a donut? It's probably not. I'd, I guess I'd trade to avoid a donut. Probably getting four, at least. You'd say at least sixty k over the next two weeks. He's gonna, he's gonna, he'll break through the five hundred k barrier. Um, if you yeah. if you have Rob and you don't have Hearn, you, you're gonna make up like pretty much a hundred k in difference in the next two weeks by not getting Hearn and by keeping Rob. Like that's that's huge when you think about maybe taking a donut. You know, it's. All of a sudden, it's actually a possibility that we might advise to take a donut in that instance. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see what you do with your other trades, JB, though. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Damn you. I think... Uh, it's true, though. Like, there just has to be something else. Like, even if you bite the bullet and get someone like 
trying to think someone like Griffin Logue before he's on the bubble or a player like that you just get him earlier I, I don't know I don't know what people are doing with their trade so it's hard to even advise but I think best case scenario is everyone that has Rob still in their team holds him at least for one more playing week. Yeah, I think I think that's the go. Uh, you, you can't trade him now. 500k, it's too valuable. You could, you're pretty much trading him next week, almost straight swap to like Matt Crouch or Sloan. Like it's crazy. Well, after next after the round of next week. Yeah, uh, and that that is incredible, isn't it? How. We did say, and I don't know if it was in jest, but Rob put up back-to-back 80s and we said he could be the best cash cow for the year because of how bad the cash cows were going. Well, <laughs> he's easily been the best cash cow of the year. You can say that again. <laughs> it's just not even a close second. Um, it's incredible, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it is actually just incredible. All right, so talking about cash cows, JB, um, there's a couple uh-huh. this week. And by a couple, sure. I literally mean a couple. Um, <laughs> talk to me about a couple of them. I'm going to name them. Uh, Griffin Logue, sure. 164K mm-hmm. defender. Dylan Clark, 147K midfielder. Um, I was going to say Jake Stein, but he's got the... Well, I guess let's let's throw in Patrick Nation, Jake Stein, because they're both defenders. They're both 123K, and they both have uh, the bye this week. So... Um, that might come into play at some stage. I'm not quite sure how. And uh, that's uh, pretty much it, JB. Okay. So we'll start with Stein. I think of all the cash cows, probably for the season, he could have the worst job security out of every single one of them. I just, like, as soon as Haynes comes back next week, there's surely he just, Stein has, he played well. It wouldn't be due to performance, but we've seen with Haitley that performance doesn't guarantee you spots in a GWS team. So I think he goes out next week. Having said that, he's just far too risky to punt on this week. So it's not even in anyone's consideration and it shouldn't be. So what I forgot to add in uh, a couple of others. I just, my okay. page didn't load and I didn't realize. So my apologies. Um, we'll go with uh, Mobile Chol. 102k forward, and let's go with Ryan Gardner, 102k forward defender, and Nick Hines, 117k midfielder as well. So there's a couple there and about okay. cash cows that, that kind of didn't score particularly well. Yeah, so let's firstly rule out Stein. I think I think I can safely do that and say that if you're going to get him ever at all, then you can, you get him after his wife, his name for a second game, and even then you probably try and wait until he's on the bubble because... Job security-wise, it's literally a week-by-week pro- uh, project. Do you agree with that? I do, and also thank you for calling it Stein. It was very, very annoying listening to the commentators say Steen for the entire game because that's just yeah, not I noticed that as well. Just, I think because it's Gold Steen, so they're like, oh yeah, it must be Steen, and they they just went yeah, with they, it. They yeah. just went with it, and it's got to be Stein. So let's let's go with go with that one. Like Caniglio, right? <laughs> Caniglioog, yep. <laughs> spot on uh, okay so um, I'm trying to remember all the, the names that you listed so next up Dylan Clark actually on the bubble um, which is different to a lot of the players that we've listed um, I think I mean the 30k from Hind up to Clark is definitely significant but I'd be getting in Clark probably no matter what and Look, we spoke about this pre-podcast, but if the worst thing that happens with our side is that Clark ends up at M9, then you're having a pretty good year. So 
Um, I think job security wise, it's getting better each week. As you know, you got a Jager O'Meara scalp this week, and Cripps obviously the week before. Um, I think they they do better with a defensive midfielder in there because all their players are pretty much Zach Merritt and they don't defend. Um, so I'm pretty confident with Clark getting him in this week. I think he's probably your best prospect. Everyone else is kind of in between. I, mean, I don't think Chol will play again. Uh, he was very circumstantial his game. Uh, Gardner he was good. Have to ask me when he he good. was good. Yeah, he, he actually was good. Um, Gardner, you have to ask me when teams are named because I genuinely have. I think I'm pretty confident he'll get his third game, but I couldn't wouldn't be able to put any amount of money on that one with any confidence. And then we have players like Nash, who I, I'd be pretty confident getting this week, but I don't think he will last more than say two three weeks after the buyers. So that'd have to be circumstantial as well. I suppose what we're getting at here is we're just, can I say bereft of options? <laughs> you can. You do, you, you <laughs> we're, we're bereft of options, Pistol. <laughs> we, we're struggling, I think, is basically it's Dylan Clark or bust. Um, you, people are probably going to go early on Griffin Logan. I understand that you know he's an intercepting key tall, but at the same time, he is a key tall and he has not averaged that much. In the waffle. I suppose I didn't really I didn't really discuss him. He has easily the best job security out of easily, all. Easily, easily. I mean, he also is 164k, so I, I don't feel like you get much cash from him. But he's really good cover for the rest of the year because maybe it's something like Logan Austin just averaged poor in the VFL, jumps into the AFL and pumps out some 80s and 90s, and this might be what Griffin Logue will do. Um, I, I imagine there will be a couple of 50s thrown in there, maybe even less. Um, but he's going to play, so that's more than we can say about... He did come up against a really, really poor forward line, it must be said. Yeah, I, I mean, this was, a, this was a good game to take these intercept markings, so th- this yeah, might 100%. be his highest score for the rest of the season. Like, I would not be Maybe surprised. for his career pistol. <laughs> Maybe, ever. Uh, let's not rule that out. <laughs> let's not rule that. He, he scored 93. It's a, it's a great score. Um, I wouldn't be expecting this every week. I'm, I'm still hesitant on even going early. I know I, I want the job security. The job security is great. That's that's what I want. But the scoring potential might not just be there. And if you really are struggling for cash, there, there are some cheaper options. Nash, he might not last very long, but he's cheaper. And if you only need a couple of games and maybe you've got someone else's cover instead, that might be the go. Um, yeah, this is tough. Dylan Clark is definitely the go this week. Um yeah, JB, we're in we're in a little trouble. I think uh, Gardner, if he if he holds, he's not going to be in your top eighteen scoring players unless you literally have eighteen players or less. Um, <laughs> literally, but he's one hundred and two k, so you could do worse than him. Probably, maybe not, but probably. Um, yeah, JB, if he gets named again this week after last week, then you it's safe to say his job security is pretty good. Well, Bevo generally likes playing these kids they get a minimum couple of games just to show their stuff and then they either get dropped or they don't so I feel like he's at least a chance of holding and as long as he's not replaced by Shaki or Gowers when he comes back I know it's a little bit different but fingers crossed uh, we can't really judge what's going to happen until we see teams this week Um, but speaking of teams this week JB there is a Thursday game so probably not going to Thursday podcast um it's very difficult with all the timings. Thursday games during buy rounds. What is that? It makes for a very sad weekend. That's for sure. Oh, my Sunday's 
I, I actually went out to brunch with my fiance on Sunday. How awful. That's how desperate I'm getting. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, I was like, oh, what do I do? I, I wake up at 10. And I was like, oh, geez, I've, you know, footy's not on for another like six hours. I was like, oh, my gosh. Had and then I had, to, I had to go out with my fiance. Oh, my God. You saw the sun? It's awful. I know. Well, it's pretty dark in Adelaide here, but yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I was going to say James Rose also might play. Who, who really knows? Who really rose? Can I just say, um, we didn't speak much about Liberatore's injury. Yes. Um, he's an obvious trade-out, but the effect that it might have on Western Bulldogs midfielders, I think, is pretty significant, um, especially... I mean, Dunkley, I think, had that midfield spot secured by now. I think Bonds and Pelly's the main one... Um, not not that he was going to lose a heap of midfield time all of a sudden, because I think it was either Liberatore or Dunkley, and, and Dunkley won the spot. But I think it's just a little bit of extra added security for anyone considering Bont and thinking you know, maybe the breadth of options there push him out. <laughs> Damn, did I just miss his breadth? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> In the, it's a, it couldn't have been further from what... What you said. Let's go with that. Plethora, plethora of midfield just, just options. Just some backstory for those listening. We obviously, we write a couple of articles for the Herald Sun and I, I was misusing breath every single week and then Pistol pulled me up on it and said, by the way, you, you're literally using breath in the opposite sense that it should be used in. And then I got so good with it and I just used it earlier on the podcast and succeeded and then thought I'd double up. <laughs> It oh, just no. misfired. Okay. Oh, no. You got so cocky. You're like, yeah, I've, I've I got know. This. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, no, what have I done? Oh, right. um, okay, right. so do we do we want to talk about captaincy options then if there's no Thursday podcast? We do. We do. And, uh, yeah, we we bereft of options, JB. Captaincy choices. Oh, my God. I can't believe I went back. <laughs> <laughs> I failed you, Pistol. I'm so sorry. I'm very disappointed. Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk captaincy options though. There's um yes. a couple of early, well, I was going to say an early game VC choices. Uh, if you have Luke Parker at the MCG, um, against at the MCG at the SCG against Hawthorne, um, I think he's going to go big. This feels like a matchup where you can absolutely destroy the Hawks in the midfield. Uh, so this is <laughs> definitely a Parker game for me. Um, All right, now that we've covered 2% of teams in the competition, what are the other guys doing? What? <laughs> He's only in 2% of teams. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great POD VC. <laughs> okay. I think, yeah, think Gorn's probably where we're looking for, for the first one. For the people that, the 98% of the competition that don't have Parker, I think Gorn's probably our best Gorn, opportunity early Gorn on. Gorn against uh, old Darcy. Darcy. That's that's yep. a pretty good matchup. You you could do worse than uh, Buddy against Hawthorne as well, JP. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, what what about? I'm sticking with the Swans here. I got I got to back into this. Uh, Jake Lloyd is in unbelievable form. He mm-hmm. has a three round average now of 125, five round of 120. He he's a shout. Yeah, no, I don't mind that at all. Um, I think also going under the radar is Dangerfield, who always scorches Port Adelaide. Um, and then that leaves us with the... <laughs> There's actually a really good VC option per game this week because if you've got Shannon Hearn already, then he's not even bad against Essendon. Lloyd, as you said, against Hawthorne. Gorn should tail up Darcy. Lockie Neal has St. Kilda without Jack Steele, which should be an amazing matchup for him. 
Dangerfield always dominate poor. And the best captaincy option for the weekend Dunkley. is what we saw from Grundy when he played against... Oh, we, went, we went opposite <laughs> ways here. Grundy played again. Oh, jeez. You, you, keep, <laughs> you keep killing my flow. Sorry about that. Um, Grundy, when he played up against... Um, well, I, you know what? Tim English. Yeah, that, that guy. Um, dominated in the first matchup. No, dude. Midfielders don't typically score well against Collingwood. So I think you'd definitely be going Grundy in that one. Yeah, that's fair enough. Dunkley. That's, that's fair enough. Silly. That, that's, look, there's no uh, Libba, so you've got the whole of McRae as well. And <laughs> Nah, Grundy. Let's stick with the cap. We stick with the Ruckman. That's what we were doing every other week. Just because they yep. they didn't have the any games last week, we just like forgot how to pick captains. The captains are easy. You no, go do, you know one ruck do you know why we're considering so many midfielders? Why is that? Who does DeBoer play this week? He's no one. We're free. We're finally free of the tag. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> we can captain any midfielder we want. Well, I'm still just going to go one ruck into the other ruck. How boring is that? Yeah, same. Yeah, I know. That's pretty much it. I, mean, I kind of want Gorn to not do well because I think Grundy's going to score about 170. Why don't you captain him then? Well, I'm going to if my VC does badly. Okay, well, if you're that confident of 170... I'm looking forward to Gorn's 140 and then you just like umming and ahhing over it. Nah, I, I never turned down. I mean, I even took fives 129. I never turned down good VC scores. What's your threshold for not turning down the score when for this week? I, I like to keep it at any week and that's 125. I think buy rounds are very risky for people dabbling in there, doubling up on their scores, especially those people who turn down five for... Crips this week. Ooh. That that stuff just happens every round, and people are constantly surprised by it. But it shouldn't be a surprise because you turn out good scores, you get rewarded with Crips. I feel like you could possibly even creep up this week to the one thirty Dangerfield, as you said, it kills Port Adelaide. One thirty. I might go Dangerfield into Grundy because he's got such a high ceiling. One thirty five, one sixty three, one thirty seven. Last three against Port Adelaide. Yeah. That's enormous. But at the same time, are you, are you really going to just forgo Grundy's three-round average of 150 going against Darcy at the MCG? Darcy's good. Yeah, because Gorn's last three against Fremantle, or last two because he didn't play in one of them, is 151 and 141. Is that even that good, though? Yes, that's extremely good. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Right, what about what about Lockie Neal against St Kilda though? We we haven't given that any light. Yeah, I mean Saints at home, and if you got to watch them last week against Gold Coast, they are a th- Unfortunately, thrilling did, yes. side, uh, really top quality, <laughs> and uh, I believe they will restrict Neal to about uh, 119 points this week. I think St Kilda are a chance to hit Lockie Neal on the chest more so than Brisbane plays this week. Yeah, that's a. That's a low bar. Just uh, just two quick shout-outs, firstly. Um, Zach Williams, a chance at that 105 average if he keeps scoring like he did this round. Just if saying. he does, yep. Uh, and then also, just quietly, Jack Steele, probably not a chance to get that tackling record this year. No. What happens with that? Well, I said that I'd, I'd donate for every sub-five tackling count, so I guess I'll just get off the, the hook for a few weeks. Probably the season, if he's out for the season. 
Yeah, it might be. Um, well, he, I think he's done it twice this year. Maybe I'll just double up on those those payments, do 20 a pop, if that's the case. Sure, why not? I'm not going to... We'll discuss it more more, uh, more in detail after the podcast. But that pretty much wraps us up, Pistol. Um, it's been an hour, so uh, we uh, we got there. We got there in the end. Um, I think we went through the options pretty well. Uh, hopefully, we covered everything. There's a lot of team-specific news uh, and advice that we can give, so... Make sure you're jumping on our Twitters and uh, giving Pistol a hard time as you did with the Sam Walsh <laughs> results this week. And that's at Pistol underscore DRSC. Uh, Chizo at Chizo with a Z underscore DRSC. And then myself, JB underscore DRSC as well. Main page, Dr. underscore SC. Probably doesn't even deserve a plug anymore unless you want to catch up on that meme that we posted out the other day. Oh, yeah. Big thanks to Liam George for posting the... Uh, well- messaging GWS uh, in the first place for us and asking the big questions to them, the hard-hitting questions. So, uh, yeah, we've got the, the inside reporter, hopefully uh, getting getting some more scoops from clubs uh, this week. Oh, we've got beef now as well, by the way, Pistol. What do you mean? The page. The page is now beefing with another page. Are we? Yes. So, uh, just noticed, I was scrolling through my feed earlier today and noticed that Nuffy's on AFL Supercoach pages sent out our photo with no credit. She's a little bit upset at it. Yeah, I know. So they stole the photo? They they stole the photo and reposted it as their own. Wow. That is... Uh, so we've got beef now. That's... I like that page. That's disappointing. <laughs> I love that page as well. That's disappointing. Uh, I, I wish they'd given us credit. 90% of my notifications are mates tagging me in that saying, is this you? And then I just send them my rank in the top 500. Why'd, is that another donate? Because no, no, I mentioned the top 500 donate. again. That is awful. That wasn't, that wasn't even subtle. You just put that right in there. No one asked for I that. I was bereft of mentions this, this, right, we're getting this off podcast. All right. Thanks for having us, community. Mm-hmm.